come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan, where we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Hey everyone, thank you so much for stepping back inside the caravan with me. This is Lady Anne, and on tonight's episode, Heather and I speak with Jacqueline Obsidian. She is a burlesque babe with a fascination and love for all things horror and unexplained, and just downright spooky. If you enjoy talking about the paranormal and unexplained, I recommend that you check out her Twitch channel at JacquelineXObsidian on Twitch. There she talks about unexplained phenomenons and just chills and plays horror games and you can watch her get spooked and have fun. For more spicy content as well, as I said before, she does burlesque, so you can check out her OnlyFans at onlyfans.com forward slash Rose Obsidian. And if you'd like to learn more about any upcoming performances that she may have, or what type of cool projects that she's currently working on, you can check out her Instagram Jacqueline underscore Obsidian, and her burlesque trope created and full of fellow witches like herself, known as Bad Witch Burlesque Official on Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> With a complete opposite. <laughs> oh my God. I was going to give you a scenario then. Say you were at a haunted location and mm-hmm. people had forewarned you to not go off by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you I'm already, like looking at like, myself I'm like oh god oh no <laughs> I mean basically upon the first 20 minutes of walking in while people are getting settled would you slip off by yourself unsupervised yes. <laughs> like, just like yes yeah. <laughs> what a demon is your boy please take me home that, that was exactly what I did Yes. She, she flew me all the way out there. And uh, we went to Fairfield County Infirmary in Ohio. So she flew oh yes. out to Ohio and then <laughs> ran off in a haunted location that she'd been. <laughs> yeah, no. And, uh, you know, this thing had multiple floors. And I wind up in the basement alone. Of course, I, I felt like something legitimately touched my head or grabbed my hair, you know? And then of course I'm, I fly back up all the stairs and bam, there I am, you know, panting from running in front of the group. <laughs> and apparently I look like extremely pale and oh yeah, it was Aww. an adventure. <laughs> it's like, this did not go as planned. I was hoping for yeah. like a really fun Scooby-Doo moment. This did not go as planned. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh my gosh. Where in St. Augustine did you have experiences and what were they? Oh goodness. Okay. Going back, um, this is, I want to say I was either 15 or 14 years old at the time. My friend from high school at the time, her parents had actually booked us a bed and breakfast in one of the historic bed and breakfast in St. Augustine. There is one we went to called the Lavender House and it is absolutely beautiful. Like I highly recommend it. It's one of the most historic places in St. Augustine and it has a lot of ghostly histories and it's also a lavender colored which made my inner cottage core dreams at the time go like oh i want to live here um <laughs> i love and it and they had like a butterfly garden it had a gorgeous patio and they also had tea time they had wine and cheese in the evening which me and my friend that we were like 14 15 at the time we're like oh my god we're adults now we're drinking wine at like 9 30 <laughs> we're so cool and when we first got there, the innkeeper, very, very sweet older woman, uh, she was giving us a little bit of history of the house. So 
She said that the original owner of the home was known as Lady Lavender. She had that name because she would always adorn herself with lavender oils to smell nice. Mm. And apparently she had been having a secret affair with the town doctor at the time and thinking that he was going to run away and marry her and just live happily ever after. He ended up telling her that I can't leave my wife and kids. We have to end this. I'm sorry. And she became so heartbroken that she actually threw herself off the balcony window and killed herself, which is sad. So they said, if you ever smell lavender, like very, very close to you to where the smell is almost right into your nostrils, it means that she is in the room with you. And I think I only encountered that once. And I didn't think anything about it at the time because I was like, well, this is a very beautiful location. They probably had candles or something to make it smell like this. But then after being told the story, I was like, okay, so what does she do? And they were saying she's a very docile spirit. She just likes to linger and kind of watch. But there had been reports of people kind of seeing like a figure of a woman on the the balcony or they have heard the balcony doors like just slam shut completely and there's no one there. And ironically enough, when we were checking into our rooms, we had the Grandmaster Suite. Guess where the balcony Mm. was? Right there. (laughs) We got there. We me me and my friend at the time were just like, and it was so funny because we would go up to the balcony and we, we were young. We were very dumb kids. Um, we were like daring <laughs> each other at night like, hey, it's 1230. I dare you to go stand on the balcony alone in the dark. <laughs> like we were doing, we, we, were, we were some dumb kids. We were hoping so badly to, I guess, see something. But other than just smelling her, mm-hmm. we didn't really get much of an interaction with her. The interaction we ended up getting was with another spirit who was the previous innkeeper of the home who owned it back in the 70s. They said that he was a prankster, a real jokester. He would play pranks on everyone who stayed at the inn. He always liked to joke around and had a very sarcastic sense of humor. And they said that a lot of guests would complain saying that they would come back to their hotel room and their blankets would be on the floor. And mind you, this is a bed and breakfast, not really a hotel. So the key they give you, that's yours. Like you're responsible for any, everything in that room. There is no maid service. There is no cleaning lady. That is basically kind of like you live there for the time, basically treated as your home. Nobody's going to come in and clean nothing. So when me and my friends, we went to go see this little bistro that was about like a walking distance from the bed and breakfast, we came back. And I told her, I was like, hey, Valerie, why are the pillows on the floor? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, I don't know. Maybe my parents put them there. I'm like, why would they put pillows on the floor? And so Mm. we put them right back on the bed, went back to doing our makeup or I don't know what it was that we were doing at the time. We didn't think anything of it. We come back into the room. (laughs) I look at her again and go, Valerie, where did you put the pillows? And she looks at me from the mirror and goes, I told you to write on the, and there was nothing on the bed. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, okay, this is very funny, Valerie. Quit hiding it. And she's like giving me a hard time. She's like, no, I didn't touch anything. I swear. I'm like, no, no, I know you're playing a joke on me. And I look under the bed. Mm -hmm. There are the pillows. So we kind of bicker back and forth for a bit on like who did what. We put them back on the bed. We go um, downstairs, we have some wine, probably not a good story. We were like 15 and we were like having wine. Again, I'm not a good role model. Um, And um, we went back upstairs to get ready for dinner and we had the key. We, me and her parents, her parents had one set of keys, but they were out. um, I think they did like some little boat tour or something. Because most of the time I know it's just me and her mainly just in the bed and breakfast by mm. ourselves. So we mm. go back upstairs and mind you, we had locked our suite. 
no one is allowed in our room, just us. We were the only ones who had that. And then her parents had her, their own key for their suite. So when we went back into the bedroom to go get ready for dinner and put on our little cute outfits, we noticed again, the pillows are once again gone. And this is when I started freaking out a little bit because I looked at her and I was like, you saw me put them on the bed. And she goes, yeah. Mm. And you saw me close the door when we left. Yeah. And we were freaking out and we were like, did somebody break into our room? Did so we started getting paranoid. So we we're like looking through our stuff. We we're looking through our suitcase because we're convinced at this point that somebody broke in, somebody robbed us. We went yeah. back downstairs and we talked to the innkeeper and tell her, uh, hey, did somebody go upstairs? Did you hire a cleaning lady? I know you said there's no cleaning service. This is basically our home while we're here. And she goes, no, no one is allowed in your room. As long as you have the key, that is your room. That is your responsibility for the weekend. No one touches nothing. nothing. And I had told her what happened. And she goes, oh, you got to meet him. And I'm like, him. And I forgot this ghost's name. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible. Um, and she <laughs> told me that it, the bed and breakfast keeper back in the 70s, he would do that. He had died there on his deathbed of old age, but he was a huge mm-hmm. prankster. He would always play guest, uh, tricks on the guests who would come in. He would hide their stuff. He would hide their shoes. He thought it was funny. And she said oh, that wow. you are not the first person to tell me this. I have had like two people complain today that somebody took the shoes out of the room and put them in the hallway and they don't know who did that. Somebody had <laughs> like taken their clothes and just threw them all down the stairs and they don't know who did that. And I'm like, that would actually be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends are just looking at each other and we're like, no, no, this, this is this is a hoax. This ain't real. There's no way this, this is happening. We right. went back to the room and the creepiest thing, and this is what basically sent us going into, okay, yeah, there's someone here with us. There is someone with us here, 100%. It's from the other side. What do we do? Wes, when we went back into the room, the TV was on, and it was just static. We didn't turn nothing on. We didn't even know the TV could turn on. And me and her just kind of yeah. looked at each other. We grabbed our purses and we just bolted downstairs. We ran out of the bed and breakfast. We were like catching our breath. Like, oh. oh my God, you saw that too, right? You saw that too. And we're just looking at each other, like trying to question, like, what is going on? I'm like, what do we do? And I, we oh told the bed and breakfast keeper once again, and she goes, he's not going to hurt you. I promise. He's just mm. a jokester but he doesn't hurt any of our guests. He'll mess with your stuff. Mm-hmm. He'll put it in weird places. He'll turn on the TV that he's not going to hurt you. I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. And then that night when we came back, we were, again, we were young kids. We were like maybe 14 or 15 at the time. And the whole time we're getting ready for bed, we were on our phones and my friend is on her laptop. And we were like Googling like things we can use for protection against unknown spirits. Like, we were just so paranoid. (laughs) We were like, it's one in the morning. And we found there was a metaphysics shop. And I don't know if it's still there, but we ended up going to it the next day, but it had already been closed and it wouldn't open until like 1130 the next day. Mm -hmm. So we were like, oh, dang, it's 1 a.m. We can't go there. So we were looking up Mm -hmm. and it said something about you can use certain herbs, certain plants, and certain oils against protection and also salt. Well, we went down to the kitchen. We couldn't find the salt, so we found little salt packets. (laughs) And we opened them up one by one. And I remember we made, like, this little salt packet, like, circle. And we were just opening them up and, like, putting them, like, around our bed and stuff, like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and we're looking at our face each other I'm like should we say something and I'm like um is there a spell is there some like we were so clueless that this was before I had like any knowledge of what paganism was what, what wicca was what any of the mm-hmm. witchcraft was I didn't start getting really mm-hmm. into it until I was 17 and we're just trying to like figure out like what we can do so we're just making this little tiny circle of salt using salt packets around our bed <laughs> hoping it'll do something (laughs) and I remember we slept like that that night and the thing that really scared us was 
out of nowhere, we heard what sounded like, like basically if you were to throw something heavy down the stairs and it like oh. hit the wall super hard, we heard that in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And I remember we both just bolted up out of our beds and we just looked at oh. each other and went, nope. And <laughs> we ran out of our suite. And we ended up sleeping in, like, the main um, little lobby area where they would have tea time. We just mm -hmm. brought our little blankets downstairs, and we just cuddled Aww. in a little pile because <laughs> we were so paranoid. We were like – and it was so funny because the next day um, we woke up, and we went to go get breakfast, and we were the first ones there for obvious reasons. <laughs> and the bed and breakfast lady is like, wow – you guys are like here on the crack of dawn. It's only 5 a.m. I'm just putting out the oatmeal. And I'm like, yeah, we got up extra early just for this. No other reason at all. No reason. <laughs> just for the oatmeal. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. We ended up going to the metaphysics shop um, the next day. And I don't know if it's still there in St. Augustine. And I really wish I remember the name. This was like back in 2010 or so. And I know that's. That's weird for some people to be hearing that being like, 2010 was that many years ago? Yes, it was. Unfortunately, no. But I we went into the shop and we were looking at different stones and we had a beautiful conversation with the young lady working the shop at the time. And I don't remember what exactly we had bought, but it was this type of oil that my friend ended up getting. I cannot remember the name of it. Maybe you remember, but it was an oil that she said, if you anoint yourself with it, it's supposed to give you protection against evil energies, like negative forces. Mm. I, think it, I think it had, what was, it was a certain type of flower. Gardenia. I know it had gardenia in it, but I don't remember what else it had in it. Hmm. But I know it's supposed mm. to be for purification and, like, just having good energies around you to keep away, like, evil energies. We ended up buying some salt that they had there, too. That's what I ended up getting. And I was like, the salt has to work. Salt has to work. <laughs> I'm sticking by this salt. Right. I know it's going to work. <laughs> but it was only, like, the first two days that we had that encounter with him. And then the rest of the time, we were just like, okay, if we let it show it bothers us, maybe the spirit is going to feed off our energy because, remember, he was a jokester and he got off to annoying mm -hmm. people. Like, he thought it was funny. Right. So maybe if we mm -hmm. just act nonchalantly, like, okay, yeah, you put the pillows there, ha-ha, you turn on the TV and not really show <laughs> it bothers us, maybe he'll leave us alone. <laughs> and it actually works. Right. Like, we ignored it completely. We we're just like, whatever. Okay, this is what you're doing today. I, I don't care. I don't care. Um, and eventually, I want to say on the fourth day, we didn't really get much interaction from him. We would have uh, the pillows, kind of one or two of them would go on the floor, but we would just pick them up and put them back on. But it was mm -hmm. kind of funny with how this spirit acted because it was like almost as if, I don't know if he was aware that he's no longer living because it was the way it acted was very much like a person that would mess with you in real life. But then once you showed like, oh, I don't care what you're doing, they wouldn't do it as much anymore and they would like gradually stop. Not as entertaining if uh, girls yeah, are running downstairs is. screaming. <laughs> No, she was like, oh, man, you guys were so much fun to scare the first night. Like what happened? And that's what the, right. the bed and breakfast keeper told us. She was like, he will mess with you if you kind of show it messes with you. Right. If you kind of mm -hmm. just brush him off, he's not going to do anything. And yeah. he's also harmless. He just likes to mess with people. The ghosts that they said were in that uh, bed and breakfast, the lavender lady and the, the bed and breakfast original keeper they're very docile. They they will not harm you. They'll do things to freak you out, but they're not going to, like, physically touch you. They're not going to have, like, vases go through the wall or, like, have the bed sheets mm -hmm. rip off of you. Luckily, I've never encountered nothing that violent, at least when it came to a spirit. And then 
the most interesting one, and I think the one that to this day really, really haunts me, and I've told a couple of friends who are clairvoyants and are mediums of mine, and I've always gotten different responses on what it could have been, but there is this house in St. Augustine. I don't know the exact address, but if I went there with you, I could walk you straight to it. I know exactly what it looks like. Mm But when we were coming um, back from dinner one late night, me and my friends, we were passing this mansion that, like, I already got a weird feeling from it because all the other houses surrounding it were very historical and you could tell they were old, but there was still some life to them. Like, there was still some vegetation or there was like a flower bed or you could tell that there were something around it still trying to keep it alive but this house that we passed it felt out of place like it did not belong there it looked like a very historic home but it felt so desolate it barely had any grass Hmm. it was very barricaded Hmm. off and we didn't understand why and I remember stopping in the cobblestone street and just staring at the house for a really long time and I didn't understand why at first and then my friend looks at me and goes, hey, are you coming with me? Come on, we're going to be late for our dinner reservation. And I'm just staring and going, do you get a weird feeling of this house? And she looks at me and goes, it looks very empty. And I, it, the windows are very dark. But other than that, I don't really see anything else of it other than it looks very desolate. And then out of nowhere, there was a, another couple passing the the cobblestone walkway with us notice that I'm looking at the house and the woman goes oh you've got the attention of that house and I'm like what do you mean and she explains to me that house is the most one of the most haunted homes in the historical district of St. Augustine no one is allowed in there Ghost Hunters International got denied access to this house after what happened with one clairvoyant who attempted to visit it. Since then, they don't allow anyone into that home. Whoa, what happened with the clairvoyant? Now I need to know. Well, they didn't want to go into detail, but they said that after, whatever happened with her made her want to stop doing what she did for good. And I, I asked them, like, do some research. what happened? Like, well, what does this house do? I don't get much of an energy other than alone forgotten and they're like well that house they don't know exactly what's causing the energy it proceeds but that energy you're feeling a lot have felt it and it's even worse when you're inside of it that home for some reason since it was built they don't know if it's where it's at on the land if it was like on sacred bur- if it was a sacred burial ground or if it's maybe like an entrance to another dimension, uh, they don't understand. There's been like so many different theories from different mediums, psychologists, like paranormal researchers, but they said since that home has been built, everybody has died inside of there in the most horrific, painful manner. Women who would give birth in the home would die a very, very painful childbirth, and the Mm -hmm. child would be born dead too. People would just go out in the most painful ways possible to being murdered, to being poisoned, to committing suicide in the most painful manners. They said there's something in the energy of that house since it was built convinces you to get so sad to just be written with melancholy that you just want to physically hurt yourself in the most intense way possible just to feel something again. Wow. And they don't understand why. Well, it sounds like we need to get down there and you need to take us to <laughs> to at least see the house. I don't think I want to be in it. No one into it. I but actually asked, I was by. like, can you go inside? And they said, no, for the safety of everyone, you are not allowed access. There is only one person. I think she owns it and she doesn't even like going inside of it. The only thing they like doing is they will have a priest come by and bless it and mm-hmm. leave a Virgin Mary statue on the outside of the house because that's how scared they are of it. I don't understand why they don't demolish it then if they're like that. It's very mm. historical. 
and the historical society because of when it was built will not let them touch it. Oh, oh, well, there you oh, go. Wow. I found but that they said the it, worst it, area in the room is the basement. They said like that is where everybody who has gone in there right after they came out, they were not themselves again, like mentally. They were put in the worst mental state of their life, and they don't understand wow. why. And they said that's how the house is. They don't know what energy it gives off, but it gives off an energy of just very intense sadness that you just want to give up on everything, and you want to take everything out on yourself in the most brutal way possible. Wow. Or it'll cause you to somehow end your life in there. If it's not by your own hands, it'll be by something in there, and they don't understand why. When I was passing it, though, I saw what looked like a light inside of the upstairs, and the light was very opalescent, and it was not transparent. It was not something out of the street. Like, you know how if you saw a car go by a house and the lights would reflect off the window, but it was a little bit transparent and almost shiny? It was not like that. No, this was a full-blown mm -hmm. figure. It was mm. like a silhouette of a woman, I, I just want to say. I, I don't know if it was a woman because it just, the way it looked like, it looked almost like she had a, either a dress or a robe. I, I, I could probably draw it for you um, if I had a pen and paper. But other than that, I couldn't see any facial features. I couldn't see nothing. I just saw what looked like a very non-transparent opalescent figure in the upstairs and like my friend saw it too and mm. we're just staring and we're like you see that and we got closer at one point we were kind of like okay we're going to get arrested for trespassing but i have to see what this is and i was going to go over the picket <laughs> fence but by the time i was trying to put my foot over it was gone just dead it was completely obsidian inside of there you couldn't see nothing through the windows anymore and wow. i look at my friend and i'm like you saw that right Yes, and you didn't see any cars, you didn't see any motor scooters, you didn't see nothing drive by. And my friend's like, no, I've been the only one standing here with you this whole time. I didn't see nothing, you didn't see nothing. I've talked to a couple of friends and they said with the color that it was, if it was opalescent, it probably wasn't a harmful spirit. This is what some have told me. It is probably maybe the spirit of someone who's trapped in there, maybe trying to ask for help. Or some have said it's because of the opal color was kind of pinkish-like, like a very opalescent light baby pink, the very, very bright, could also signify maybe a child, because children mm -hmm. did perish in there as well, unfortunately, from what I was told. I, I try and talk about this, and I try and make sense of it, but there was no way that could have been faked. Like, this, I, you could not see through this. This was such a bright light in the whole house was dark, and that whole entire area mm. where that was at just lit up out of nowhere, and I could see it. And then when I tried to get closer, it was like I turned my eyes away for one second, and it was gone, and I never saw it again. And then when I got closer up to the house, I looked, and I saw the Virgin Mary statue that was in the window. It was like a tiny little, I want to say about 12 inches tall little figure that they had placed into the windows so it's like oh my goodness mm -hmm. they actually do come by here and they leave holy offerings to i guess reduce whatever energy is inside of there or something but wow that, that's intense that's, really that's the memory that i think of all the time like when i think of saint augustine that's like the first memory is that house right. when we went by it in the day it didn't have the same aura as night as it did at night, but you mm -hmm. still couldn't see inside of the windows, which was strange. Mm -hmm. It was still so dark in there. Like, I don't know if they're tinted or what, but you still couldn't see inside of the house, even during the day. It was just pure black. Like you were looking at a black TV screen, nothing. Wow. So I don't know if they did that so others can't see inside of it or if there's another explanation for it but it's like one of the things that i remember that haunts me a lot thinking about saint augustine was just that home in particular that i never had an encounter like that and i don't know if that was what that type of 
spirit that was, that opalescent figure, if it was trying to ask for mm-hmm. help or if it was signaling to me or something or what it was. Did you um, ever go back um, through over the years to just like check it out? To yeah. I've been wanting to. I haven't been back there since that trip. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite places in Florida. And I haven't been able to go back and it's mm-hmm. sad. But I really want to go back there again because I have to know what happened to the house. I'm so curious about, like, what, why does it have the history that it has? Sounds like something uh, intriguing to investigate, to, to find out more about the land before the house was built, and then to look and see who all the owners were, and, and were the owners into any part of the occult studies or anything like that, and, and just to kind of, you know, fall down that rabbit hole. That's what I was thinking, because when I would ask locals about the home, that's another strange thing. I would ask some of the locals about the house. No one wants to talk about it. That's well, always worrisome. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine something so bad that you're afraid to talk about it because if you if you even speak about it, then it connects you to that energy and what could happen to you. That's an amazing thought. Even talking about it right now, I'm not even joking. My hands feel frozen. <laughs> like I feel so cold right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to look into it more because that's fascinating. Now, were these two stories, were these the first kind of otherworldly encounters that you've ever had? No. When I was a child, I've been trying to get better at it as an adult. I used, I used to be so good at it as a child but I feel when you're a child different energies expose themselves to you so easy because you are a child so you're not able to quite differentiate Mm -hmm. like is this real is this an illusion you don't even know what illusions are you are just very pure at heart and just seeing the world for what it Mm -hmm. is but I remember my first ever encounter with a spirit was my grandfather actually my mom's dad I was a baby when he passed away. He got to hold me once, and I was still a newborn. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, my mom said he passed away uh, later that year in December. So I never got to know him as, like, more of a toddler or a child or ever, sadly. But when I was five years old, five or six years old, my mom said, you were watching TV, and then out of nowhere, you just stopped. You shut off the TV. You ran up to the front door. You ripped it open. Like, you had to go somewhere in a hurry, and I stopped doing what I was doing in the kitchen. I looked at you, and I was like, Jacqueline, don't go outside unsupervised. What are you doing? And I ran outside, stood in my front yard, And I started waving. And my mom's like, who are you waving to? And I'm going, oh, it's mi abuelito. I'm Mexican, so I speak Spanish. Oh, it's mi abuelito. Mm -hmm. It's my grandfather. He came to buy. He's saying bye to me. He didn't get a chance to say bye to me. And he came by. I'm saying Mm -hmm. bye to him. Don't you see him? And my mom's like, what are you talking about? He's been dead for this long. And I told them, no, I see him. And my mom asked me, what does he look like? And I was like, oh, he's tall. He's very slim. He has his hair combed back. He's wearing a really nice suit. And he has these beautiful blue eyes. Oh, and he has, like, so, like hair that's kind of grayish. But it's so nicely combed back. And he has really nice, like, dress shoes on. He's waving to me. He's saying goodbye. And my mom's like, mind you, I hadn't, the only memory I had was him holding me as a newborn. But the way I described him, my mom's like, I had never shown her a picture of him, ever. She, I I did not know what he looked like. And I was telling her, he's saying, he's waving to us. You should wave too. And my mom, I just remember. (laughs) Oh, wow. Just looking at me like, just like, I didn't know if I wanted to cry or what. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, oh, I love that story. I mean, even just listening to it, I have chills myself. I mean, that's it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah, I wow. 
I've had like a lot of experiences with um my family members that have passed away like that mm-hmm. as a child. My mom would always tell me and the one that she always says would make her kind of like oh, like oh my goodness, like not just my grandfather but um my mom's older brother that according to my mother he was very handsome and I've seen pictures. He looks like Freddie Mercury. Like much much taller, <laughs> he literally looks like a Mexican Freddie Mercury. But my mom said, now growing up that I'm that I'm the age that I am, she's like, you remind me actually so much of him, because the way you talk and the way you act was very much like his spirit in a way when he was alive. He unfortunately he passed away from AIDS before I was born. Another thing is that he was highly artistic. He grew up to be a doctor, but my mom said he wanted to always be a hairstylist. He wanted to be a fashion designer. He loved art, but he was pushed to be a doctor because of the time he grew up in. It was very much like, you're a man. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Ironically, he was also uh, bisexual, which at the time, especially growing up in Mexico, mm-hmm. was very much like, you don't do that if you're a man. Um, which is another reason why I can also relate with him. And I remember as a child having dreams about him, and I didn't even know who he was. But I would always tell my mom, like, oh, I had a dream that I met your brother. And I'm like, my mom's like, my brother, the, the your uncle, the one who is uh, the father to your cousin Richard? And I'm like, no, no, your 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 older brother, Ramon. And my mom's like, sweetie, he died before you were even born. He's been dead. And I was telling her, it's like, no, he looks like this, and he looks like this, and he likes to wear, like, these really fancy-looking clothes, too, and he likes to listen to this type of music, and my mom's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I talk to him all the time when I sleep. He says he misses you. So, as a child, I always had interactions with my loved ones that passed away. Sometimes I feel I still get that from time to time, like talking about them or every time I listen to Queen, I actually always think of him because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his favorite band and he idolized Freddie Mercury a lot, according to my mom when he was a teenager. That's um, beautiful. I love that. You. I'm getting a little teary-eyed thinking about it. <laughs> you're, making, you're making me teary-eyed yeah. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> This week has been incredible uh, when it comes to hearing stories. You know, I have, I also run uh, KPNL, and somebody had sent me a, a story to add to the case files over on the blog over there. And it was about a woman who could still feel the presence of her father around. And then wow. uh, I think it was Saturday, I just randomly picked a previous episode of the Caravan to play on KPNL. And I didn't realize it was the one that I did with a man named Tom, who's been a longtime listener of ours. And I had brought him on and we were talking about his ghost stories, but his ghost stories were all very loving like this, uh, you know, sending that message to everybody that even though your loved ones are no longer physically here, they're not gone and they're still with us. So this is very synchronistic and I appreciate you sharing these things. Thank you. It's, nice to talk about them to be quite honest because like other than my mom or my best friend um who's also a medium I don't it's hard Mm -hmm. I don't really talk about it because I kind of get really sad sometimes because then I realize how much I miss them and like how I didn't get a chance to really know them because I mean I was a baby Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean Ugh, waterworks sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you're you're getting to kind of know them through your dreams and stuff though and that's a beautiful gift yeah I've had a lot of lucid dreams and that's another thing of mine is my dreams my dreams are oddly sometimes translate to real life I actually this is recent and this just happened um funny that we're talking about dreams one of my friends um, recently got a job, and I don't know why I dreamt this. I have no idea why or what put this thought in my head, but I had a dream, and I was dreaming of the mummy ride 
at Universal. And I don't know why. I guess, like, I, I miss, I, I miss uh, going to theme parks with my friends. And I was dreaming that when I got <laughs> off the ride, she was the one of the people that greets you when you get off the ride. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know you worked here. And she's like, yeah, I just started. And then literally the next morning, I get a text message from her saying, I got the job at Universal at Attractions. And I'm like, where are you going to be? And she goes, mommy. I was like, wow. And I told her about this. And she's like, why did you dream that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why this came to me. But I had a dream (laughs) that I saw you getting off the mummy ride at Universal. That is amazing. That's insane. It's so weird because yesterday I have kids and they play Roblox. And I had no idea that Universal had made this whole, like, in-game world for Roblox. And it literally is like you can go on these rides virtually with your little character and everything. And one of the ones that we had just did yesterday when I found all this was the mummy ride. Oh, wow. Oh, I also have a lot of haunting experiences, too, at Universal. I forgot. At Universal? What? Universal is very haunted, actually. Where it's built on is actually Native American sacred land. Man. Yeah. Some of the areas are actually Indian burial grounds. Cat in the Hat being one of the areas. Wow. Actually, the entire Seuss land is that area. Like the entire area of Seuss, that's on an Indian Native American burial ground where they also executed a lot of Native Americans. That's why I always get such a weird feeling going through there. And ironically, that's the kids section. So what have you experienced there? I have have a couple of weird Universal stories. (laughs) Um, Hopefully Universal Studios doesn't listen to this and it's like, (laughs) here's a cease and desist letter for the sake of not getting this podcast with a cease and desist letter. We are going to call it um, Florida Studios. There we go. We're going to call it Florida Studios. (laughs) (laughs) So... I always would have a very weird feeling going through the child's area of the park, specifically the Dr. Seuss landing. I never understood why, but I always picked up on like this very uneasy energy, especially going on the cat in the hat ride. I never understood that. I couldn't explain it. It was always like paranoia mixed with unsettling of a vibe. I I couldn't quite describe it. And then my best friend, who worked in Universal in the early 90s told me that because of where it was built, she's like, you know, that's actually an area where they executed a lot of Native Americans. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, that's why you're feeling that energy, that it's not a very good area and it's very haunted. And one of the things that she showed me, and (laughs) I will ask if she can send me this picture because you look at it and you get like the worst, worst thing crawling up your skin. Um, you get pure goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And she at the time worked in the Grinch store doing the photo op where you could take pictures with the Grinch. And this was back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And she specifically worked for Kodak back when Kodak was like the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And she said that Kodak in the 90s did not have all of the photo advances that we have now in 2021. It was very standard. It was very minimalistic. There wasn't a lot you could do other than click, take the picture, take them in the room, get them developed by putting them in like the stuff and then they upload. It it was very old school. And she said one of the pictures she took, she went ahead and did the protocol with Kodak and she had her manager at the time pull her to the side and was like, is this a joke? And at first she's like, what do you mean? And he took her to the back room and showed the picture that was developed and said, how are we going to explain this? And my friend looked at the picture at first glance and didn't think anything of it. But then when she looked even further, you see a picture of the Grinch sitting in the windowsill that they have in the little Grinch store. And then in the reflection of the windowsill, you see what looks like to be a man and a woman dressed in colonial style, like a wardrobe, and then what looks mm. like 
to be someone hanging in the background and them smiling. Wow. Like, I'm talking about this, and I can feel, like, the yeah. hair's rising up on my skin. Yeah. And yeah. mind you, this was the early wow. 90s. They did not have any way. She's like, she's like, hand to God, we did not do Photoshop on this. We didn't have the ability to do Photoshop, especially <laughs> like that. We didn't have the oh, systems. Yeah. We didn't have the technology. Have you seen the 90s technology <laughs> in the early 90s? We could not do that. And so her boss was freaking out, thinking it was a joke that somebody did this. But to this day, they cannot explain mm. it. So they went back to the family oh. and said, hey, we're sorry. Our systems aren't working. We're actually having issues developing the photos. Here's a free voucher for any of the restaurants. And we apologize. And we'll give you your money back. So the couple was like, oh, no. okay, we get it. But my, my friend's manager looked at her and went, you don't tell anybody about this? And just gave her the photo. He's like, I don't care what you do with it, but we don't talk about it. And hmm. she still has this photo to this day. And she wears up and down. And I believe her. She's like, there is no way we could have done this. Like this was, we didn't, there was no way to do the technology. There was no Photoshop. There was no like advanced, like high tech cut and paste, insert image. It was Kodak from the 90s, like early 90s. Kodak, you just literally right. shake them and took the picture. Right. What could you do? Oh, so man. you see this and she told me that's why. And that's why that place is very haunted the way it is in that area. That's why you get that very unsettling feeling when you walk through it, because that's what it used to be. Uh, I still have, heavy. My friend still has the photo. Uh, I can see if she can send it to me, but yeah, it honestly, awesome. it terrified me looking at it. It, it really terrified me because you can see it clearly in the reflection of the window, what it is. Right. And <laughs> like I said, it's ironic because that's Seuss Landing. That, I mean, not... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, don't sue us. Don't sue us. Florida Studios, please don't sue us. <laughs> it's uh, you know what <laughs> landing. Um, <laughs> it's that area. I think okay. that the better option would be to give free tickets to have us prove it wrong. That you know to show us it's safe here. That's the better option, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other um, part of Universal also, and this came from an account of um, my best friend, her sister worked in this restaurant there, and it's still there to this day. And it, people have actually done videos about it on YouTube. You can even look it up. There's articles. Uh, the fish restaurant that's where I believe the Jaws ride used to be, it's now, I, I think it's called something else. But there's like a little seafood uh, restaurant that's right on the little man-made lake in Universal Studios. That actually is one of the most haunted restaurants in Universal because of the horrible tragedy behind everything. And they said back when Universal first opened, the main chef of the restaurant was very, very stressed out, and her husband-to-be broke off their wedding with her, and heartbroken, she went up to the attic of the restaurant and hung herself. Wow. And they said nobody to this day likes to go up to the attic of that restaurant or clean it, that it's the most violent spiritual energy ever. It's very angry, and my friend's sister... Her now husband was a janitor for that restaurant, and he was scheduled to clean the attic. And one of the janitors there who was older and had been there for a couple of years already told him, you're going up to the attic? And he was like, yeah, I'm just going to clean it, and then I'll leave. And he just kind of laughed and walked away, and he's like, well, what was that about? So he went up to the attic. He saw that it was very dark desolate. It, it was not a very good energy, but he didn't understand why. He went to start cleaning it. Out of nowhere, he said, the door slammed behind him and locked. And oh. at first, he thought it was someone playing a prank, and he got scared, and he started banging on the door, screaming, this isn't funny. Please let me out. Please let me out. And then out of nowhere, he said things on the shelf started falling, started being thrown against the wall. It was 
the most terrifying oh. thing that ever happened to him in his life, and he couldn't explain it. He just kept banging and screaming and crying for somebody to let him out of that room. And finally, when everything just calmed down, the door opened by itself, and he said he had never run out of a place so hard. He doesn't even remember opening the door. He doesn't remember putting away the mop. He's like, no, I just bolted out of there. <laughs> like, I was the flash. I was like, no, 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 so much no to this. And he had to find a payphone to call my best friend's sister that he is now married to. And again, early Florida studios, <laughs> payphones, no cell phones. Right. So he had to find a payphone to call her. And I remember my friend's sister telling me that she heard him on the phone crying, saying, go to the car, lock the doors, wait for me. Do not go anywhere. Just stay there. Wait for me. Don't talk to anyone. And she's like, what happened to you? And he's like, I can't talk about it. I need to get out of here right now. And wow. he never wanted to go back to that restaurant again when they would ask him, hey, would you want to take a shift? And he's like, no, 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 no. And then finally he learned from one of the older janitors there, that's the most haunted place. None of us like to clean that attic. No one likes to clean that restaurant because of what happens after midnight. That's what happens. When she passed, she was very angry. So her spirit lingers there and specifically in the attic for reasons. So she's very upset. And he says that's not the first time that they've had an incident like that. There's been other Universal employees who said they've been scratched, they've had their hair ripped out, they've been thrown. Wow. Yeah. I've never, somehow, yeah. I guess, well, I've never heard of all of this happening down at um, Florida Studios. <laughs> but now I'm going to have to look this up because it yeah. sounds like there's going to be well, plenty of stories uh, from lots of people. I mean, you think of the number of people that go through there and, and just work there, like you said, just to keep it functioning. Oh, man. Right. See, and it reminds me of that hotel here that I was telling you about that I wanted to go to. And even though historically it's been shown at, that it's haunted and there's been people that have been there since it's changed hands and renovated recently that have shared their stories about being there. When I contacted them, they're like, no. Nope, it's not haunted. We Ooh. don't want any association with this because it'll give us bad business and everything. So, yeah. So this yeah. is, you know, such a big name like this and have these things associated with it. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> Maybe they don't want those those darn ghost hunters there. Maybe that's what <laughs> mm -hmm. some of these places, we don't want your kind here. I've noticed that with a lot of places. If they get like um, the news of, hey, this might be haunted. They're like, oh, God, we, we don't want those kids here. Get out of here. And it's like, dude, right. just, just let people have fun. Like, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're being peaceful about it. We're just wanting to see what's going on. Well, and they could, I mean, it's something that they could do for their business if they play it up, right? If they right. know how to market it, yeah. Yeah, nothing to shy but, away from. <laughs> no, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Also, maybe it needs a cleansing, too. Like, maybe having an empath or a medium or a clairvoyant come by, maybe give it a cleansing or maybe try and talking to the spirit, like the one I just mentioned. Probably, like, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't try reasoning with the spirits like that, but maybe someone who's a little more advanced should be able to at least maybe help her pass on. Right. Um, I mean, it's sad, like, with, with how she passed, that it came to that. But, yeah, that's what I've heard, that restaurants, specifically in Universal, they will not let you go upstairs at all. Like, nobody likes to go upstairs and clean, especially after hours. During so, the day, they said it's fine, but at night, it's a whole different other story. I got to look these up. I got to, there's, there's got to be lots of people that have these stories written out. Even just blog posts, you know, and see what's out there. Definitely is. I've I've had a couple of friends, like I know so many people who work in the parks that they've told me some stories of, yeah, no, that's true. That actually does happen, but they don't want us talking about it because they don't want us to scare tourism or like the guests to be freaked out when they bring their kids by. And another thing, I I don't know if I can find a video on this. A while back, 
I found this video online that was talking about an area of Universal where they originally were going to build an, the rest of the area for Jurassic Park because they said the Jurassic Park in um, Florida Studios. I, 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 you know what? <laughs> you know what? Universal. If you really want to come for me, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I am very broke. You would give nothing. <laughs> but um, in Florida Studios, I twitch. Um, <laughs> there was a video online talking about that the dinosaur area, we all know what dinosaur area we're talking about, was originally <laughs> supposed to be. <laughs> so we're going to call it. <laughs> it was originally supposed to be bigger. It wasn't supposed to just um, be like, okay, there's the water ride, and then then it was uh, the other side that has, like, the whole little show with, I think, the god Neptune and stuff. I, I don't remember it that well. But they said it was supposed to be a lot bigger. It wasn't just supposed to be that one little section. Now they're starting to expand it more again, um, from what I've heard. But they said one of the reasons they've halted the project so much is they said that what the the, the reasoning they first used was the land they were going to build it on is too wet, and everything kept sinking when they would try and build. And to be fair, mm -hmm. that does make sense given we live in Florida, and a lot of our lands are swampland, and we're also a peninsula. But there was more investigation into this on the paranormal side, and there was a video on this that was saying that they believe that area of Universal might be built on some type of burial ground or for whatever reason, the energy just does not want nobody touching it, doesn't want anybody to do construction there. Because they said any time they've attempted to build something, Horrific things have happened. Unexplainable, horrific things during construction. And that's why it took them so long till now to try and expand. Because for years they were trying to make it bigger, to make it this and that. But they said that whole entire area at one point was going to open. And they had rides. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's unveil it to the public. We're good. But they said every time they would test the rights out, the worst possible things would happen. Luckily, they would always use dummies and stuff to test out any roller coasters, as everybody knows that's how it works. Mm -hmm. But they said the way it would just not work would be like, oh my God, if an actual person was writing this, it would have been like Final Destination, pretty much. Like, it was that bad with how it would turn out. But right. that was with every little thing that they would try and do on that land. But it was only that specific part of the land in Universal. Everything else was fine, but they said, we don't know why. That area does not want us touching it and has made it very clear they still don't want us touching it. Wow. And That's there's crazy. been rumors that that area from this day, um, it's not where the new coaster is at. They said it's much farther into the park, uh, but that area is abandoned, but it looks terrifying. Like, it looks like an abandoned junkyard. Mm. I don't know if it still looks like that, but um, when I was watching the video, they were saying, you can see, like, old dinosaurs. You can see, like, that they were trying to build something that had to stop right away. And it's very eerie and unsettling to walk through. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Something else. I'm seriously going to look yeah. into all of this. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, it, no, I'm fascinated. There's a lot here. I wanted to thank you for taking time out of your evening to call us and tell us these yeah. awesome stories. And I wanted to ask if you would be willing to come back sometime and record another episode with us for our patrons on Patreon. Definitely. I, I would love to do that. Oh, very quick. One more final story. And this one is actually kind of funny. So I just <laughs> Yeah, you're story. fine. <laughs> uh, during, and ironically, this happened during Halloween Horror Nights. I want to say... 20, 2017, no, not 2017, 2016, 2017 was when I was working. Me and my friends were getting on the ride men in black. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing a dress that had the Ouija board on the chest. And it was mm -hmm. really cute. 
Mm-hmm. And I was getting on the ride, and the kid who was helping us, like, get latched into our seatbelt, pull down the safety bar, looks at me and makes a kind of a smart alecky joke and goes, oh, <laughs> a Ouija board. Careful not to cast any freaky spells on us. And I kind of just rolled my eyes, and I was like, ooh, don't make me talk to the other side and have them come get you. And he kind of, like, <laughs> gave me a dirty look, and I was like, idiot. Um, <laughs> I, I love messing with people when they want to be smart asses. Anyways, they, the ride starts, and I had said that to him as a joke, as a, like, you're, you're being a jerk. I'm just going to be a jerk back to you in a smart alecky way. That's the energy you're throwing mm-hmm. at me. And as the ride's starting, it, uh, I, my friend makes the joke um, about, like, my dress again that I was with at the time and goes, that dress has been creeping me out all night. It's not going to cause any weird stuff to happen, right? I'm like, what? You guys think I'm going to cast a spell or something and have the whole ride shut down? And I said that as a joke. I did not. <laughs> literally, going right into the area where you finally start shooting the aliens. Entire ride. Crashes. Shuts down. And now we just hear on the intercom, oh, we're so sorry, blah, 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 blah. We're having technical difficulties. Please hang in there tight. And all my friends are just looking at me like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that ride awesome. never turned on the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I, I, I'm not making this up. I, I am not making this up. I, it was just a, me and my friends were just dumb, and I didn't mean what I said. I said it as a joke. Yeah. Like, I was annoyed, but I said it back as a joke. And then it actually happened, <laughs> and I'm like, undo. <laughs> I, mean, I am not a ride goer. I don't ride the rides at any, anything. Whether if I was to go to Disneyland, I'm just not a roller coaster ride person. I guess it depends on the ride. When I was much, like, when I was in my teen years and my earlier 20s, I was, like, a huge roller coaster junkie, and I couldn't get enough. Now I'm like, hold on, hold on, I have vertigo. I need to sit down. Hold on, hold on, I have nausea. I need to take my pill. Hold on. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm like, what's happening to me? I used to be cool. (laughs) now i'm like i can't go on a single ride without having to be like i forgot to take my tablet for the nausea and vertigo hang on i gotta hold on guys that gave me really bad whiplash you guys go on without me i'm I'm like yay yeah i hear you there oh my gosh yeah no i i mean i like to do them if my body can but lately, it's been like, you're not doing this anymore. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was my quick little funny story because literally, I I, love it. I, I did not yeah. mean for that to happen. I don't know if I like spoke to the universe or the other side and they took it seriously. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of felt bad because my friends were just looking at me with really dirty looks the whole time they were getting off the ride. Like, oh. Like, I didn't do it on purpose, guys. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of your stories. And it's given us both, Heather and I, so much to look into. And, um, gosh, rabbit holes all over. I'm excited. Yay. So thank you. And I cannot wait to have you come back on with us. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait either. I'm I'm so excited. (laughs) Good. Yay. Um. Also, if you have any uh, anywhere online that you would like people to find you at, I know that you have a uh, you had a, a burlesque group that you're a part of. You've got your Twitch. Yes, I am Jacqueline Obsidian on Twitch, and I am part of a burlesque troupe in Orlando called Bad Witch Burlesque. Um, if you're really into hard rock or alternative type of styles and music and you just really are into the whole horror, spooky genre, I highly recommend you check us out. We put on really great shows, and it's all a team of women supporting women and just creating, like, one-of-a-kind, like, 
digital masterpieces. Um, right now our shows are digital online, but we are working on trying to have our safe social distancing live show hopefully soon. And I'm also Jacqueline Obsidian on Instagram. I also have my link tree in my Instagram bio, which have all of my other links that you can follow me at and check out my cool content as well. Perfect. Awesome. Yay. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you, beautiful ladies. This was awesome. And this was so much fun. Really gave me something to look forward to. Thank you. Awesome. Of course. Well, we can't wait to talk to you again soon. <laughs> Thank you. Alrighty. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Black heart calls to your deepest desire.